You're listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. I want to just say greetings and uh, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you back. I was talking to a listener who uh, came up to me and said, you know, I really like this uh, show because when I'm driving home from work, I listen to it and it really empowers me and encourages me. So I just wanted to do a shout out. Thank you. Thank you uh, for those words of encouragement. Uh, Keep them coming. Uh, We love when you uh, support the show and you and you give feedback. So I just love it. Thank you so much. Today, I kind of want to talk about regret and um, and how it can really affect us, you know, and our end game and how regret sometimes can subconsciously cause us, cause us to give up. And it, it may not be always an obvious giving up, but how many know when you're no longer passionate or you no longer are striving or moving in that direction of the call or the gift or the area that you feel you've been called at, you know, or maybe somebody comes along and tries to bust your bubble or try to um, not allow you to have hope, right? So we definitely want to uh, kind of talk about it, you know, talk about those areas. And so when we think about regret, you know, there's, there's always a good use and a misuse to anything. And sometimes um, we have to think about that there is an enemy that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you just think about if you was a villain, what would be a way that you would use to try to destroy your opponent? And one of the ways the enemy uses is he tries to get inside our mind. You know, and that's why I love the word that says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I need God's mind, right? Because sometimes the enemy gets gets in mind or I allow situations or things I'm witnessing or visualize to kind of shift me or throw me off. But when I put on that mind of Christ, when I begin to open up the word of God and I begin to uh, begin to uh, read the word and read his encouragement and read the things that he says to me, it, it wakes me up. And I know in this society right now, we need people woke. It's time to wake up. It's time to rise up. It's time to shake off shame and guilt, low self-esteem, that negativity of how we view ourselves, that that, that feeling of just despair and not wanting to go on. And I, I am sensitive of the fact that there are people who are struggling right now in their emotions. They're struggling right now. And, and their uh, mental capacity. And that's no joke. It's a real thing. But I don't want regret to be one of them. So I wanted to just share some things and some scriptures because I know regret can be very devastating if we don't learn how to keep it in check. Really? You know? So we don't want to live with no regrets. I would like to believe that I am trying to live a life of no regret. I don't want to look back and wish I did this. I want to live each day to the fullest. Each day has its own concerns. I don't want to bring yesterday's uh, concerns to my today. And I definitely don't want to try to focus on tomorrow. And I'm not even there yet. And so a lot of our regret can be, um, you know, 
dulled down a little bit, let's say, <laughs> if we kind of look forward, right, as though I have hope that I have a reward coming, that I look forward to what God has said. I mean, he told us in different ways, like, look, we're new creatures in Christ. He said, the old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so that gives us, like, hope that's like, wow, okay, I'm looking forward to this new life, this new way of being, right? I'm looking forward to what it is that God has for me, and I want to walk in it. It's, it might be a little difficult, but my my passion, my hope, and the know that that's what God wants for my life, I'm going to keep pressing and pursuing it. And sometimes um, regret, and we'll I'll show you, a little bit, I mean, in a few minutes about regrets should kind of lead, lead us to repentance. And sometimes if we haven't repented of sins or if you do somebody wrong, right, you can like kind of pretend like it doesn't bother you, but it, it, it does get, I mean, if you're a human, it bothers you and, and you live in regret if you don't try to make up, if you don't try, you know, and so we, we don't want that hanging over our heads. We don't want to give way to the enemy to uh, leave any doors open that he can use against us that will eventually cause us to surrender and to give up. No surrender. So my first scripture today I want to look at is 2 Timothy 4 and 7. And it basically says, listen, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. (laughs) So it's like, it, it, it likens us to um, a, a competition. Think about it. you're an Olympian, right? You're going to prepare for that race. You're going to do everything that it takes um, to get ready for that. And doesn't always mean that you'll win, but it definitely means that you're going in with a winner's mindset, right? I've done the best that I could. I've fought this good fight of faith, right? I, I have, Paul said, I have finished the race. And, and, and I didn't do it haphazardly. I didn't run in, you know, I, 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 I stayed focused and I kept the faith. And, you know, how I finish is important. Do I finish um, barely making it? Do I finish, uh, you know, with regret, complaint, murmuring, you know, or do I finish it in faith? Wow, hmm. something to look forward to and strive to walk by faith. The just must live and walk by faith. We want to leave a legacy of faith to our our children and our grandchildren. Um, you know, faith really paves the way. The Bible says, "Without it, it's without faith, it's impossible to please God." And if our aim is to please God, then we've got to walk by faith and. And if we're not sure what faith is, we can go through Hebrews 11 because it says faith is the substance of things hoped for when the evidence of things not seen. It lets me know that I may not see it. (laughs) I can believe for it, right? That's faith. I, I may not have the house yet or the deed in my hand, but my faith says I have the deed in my hand. And I'm going to live and act like the deed is in my hand. I'm going to even prepare to pay the mortgage of the deed in my hand. And so faith helps you to believe for it, wait for it, walk, you know, speak positive towards it while you're waiting to obtain it. So 
that's that's good news. It's, it's exciting. And here we see in Acts 3 and 19 where it kind of looks at, you know, regret this way. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins or your regrets may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So, you know, when you have a lot of regret or you've done things wrong, they're hoppering over you because you got to remember that sometimes uh, sin, you either can condone it or you can be convicted by it. And everyone is born with a conscience. What happens is, is we get so comfortable doing those deeds of evil that we get used to it and we get desensitized to it and sometimes even turned over to a reprobated mind to where we don't even see the wrong in it and we begin to justify it instead of allowing that conviction or that regret to turn into repentance because once you've repented from your sins, amen, then the Bible just shares with us that the times of refreshing then come from the Lord. Now you have been, your sins have been atoned for. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us in the first place was so that, you know, we could be free because we couldn't pay that debt, right? And so therefore he died for us so that we'd be free, that when we repent, we can walk. He forgives us. He remembers it no more. The problem is we remember it. And definitely those that we sinned against remember it. And sometimes things that we've done uh, stay on our record and it remembers, right? Amen. But in it, and, and we think that we can uh, fake it. But it's so sometimes hard to fake when you've done wrong to someone, right? You got to really work hard at it. And I'm telling you, why work hard at it? Just simply confess it, repent, say, listen, I'm sorry I, I messed up. Uh, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to fight. Like, I made a turn one time, and a person was on a bike. And, you know, I, I came close to them, and they were mad, and they were just holding it. They were cussing at me, holding their fist up. I rolled my window down, and I said, I am so, so sorry, you know. And whatever the reason was, maybe, maybe you know, I had a delay response, whatever. But the point was, I'm not arguing with that person. I was in the wrong. I'm sorry. I definitely don't want to mess your day up, um, you know. And they said, oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, you, you were just so mad a few minutes ago. But when they saw I made the effort to try to turn that around and to do right by them and to make that situation right, they simply were like, oh, no, that's okay. Because we all make mistakes. Sometimes our mind is in other places or what. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, they have the right of way. So, um, some, but I felt better. And he and that person felt better. And we he was able to ride off, and I was able to drive off and just be at peace. And that's what the enemy comes for our peace. So if we're stuffing things, you know, this is what I always say. It's like you have to you tell your kids to clean up and you come in the house, everything looks good, but they swept all that trash under the carpet. And so even though things can look beautiful, right, from one one viewpoint, but deep down you really have the have it hidden. You know, you, you put carpet over it so no one would see it. But eventually it's going to have a stench to it. Eventually it's going to be swept so high to it'll be like a little mound. It's like you just can't keep those things covered up for long. You know, they said, you know, what we do in the dark is going to eventually come to light. It's pretty soon everyone is going to be aware if we don't correct it. 
So I don't know about you, but I, I want to get to the times of refreshing. And sometimes you can't get to the refreshing until you do the hard work and do the repenting. You know, go back and make that thing right. And, you know, for those who might have, you know, had odds with people and now they've passed away and you, you can't make it right, then you definitely want to, you know, whether, whether you have to write a letter or, you know, you make, you make that, you, you bring it to the Lord, you know. And I'm going to keep referring to my new um, painting that I purchased and I hung it right over my bed. And it says, give it to the Lord and go to sleep. Hallelujah. And that's no different than the word saying, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. The Lord doesn't want you with all that regret and all those cares and all that anguish. He simply, you could just lay in your bed and just say under your breath, Lord, God, please forgive me. Help me. You know, but definitely we don't want a day to go by where we regret that we didn't pray for someone, we weren't obedient to what God said, we didn't text who God wanted us to, we didn't call that person that he put on our heart. We got to start being more obedient because it'll change the the whole um, people feeling like they're not cared about because half the time we're not making the calls that we need to make, especially when the Lord puts a person on our heart. So we got to check in with people. I don't know who's in your sphere of influence, whoever's listening on, on, on this evening, but make sure you check in. Come on. We, we, listen, sometimes you have a flock. I look at this. We're all in a way called to, to, uh, re- reconciliation. We're all in some way a pastor, whether we're pastoring out. And I know people probably, you know, especially leaders will probably get mad at me for saying it, but I'm sorry. I pastor my family. I pastor my coworkers. I, I look at myself as a pastor in a sense that my goal is to get everybody to that place that God wants them to be. And we have to encourage each other. We have to push each other. We have to acknowledge each other. And sometimes we have to have hard conversations. Sometimes we have to say, you know what? You're living beneath your privilege. You're allowing um, your flesh to get in the way. You're allowing the lies of people or the enemies using certain types of characters of people or ways of being and thinking. It's like if you are surrounded by certain styles of influence, it's very hard to break away. It's very hard, you know, uh, what they say, birds of a feather flock together. That's a worldly saying, but it's kind of true, right? And you kind of look at the people. You, you, you could say, well, I'd like to make, um, you know, six-figure income. Well, you, it's really hard to make a six-figure income and you're, you're, you, you're surrounded by people who, who don't even want to work. You know what I'm saying? And I'm being facetious with the example, maybe, but but you get my point. It's like you, you cannot be positive around negative people. It's very hard. And eventually their 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 ways of thinking and being can will affect you. It's really hard to stay in an environment that people are constantly using profanity and you think you're going to stay positive. Eventually you're going to slip. You're eventually because that because it's in your hearing. And as a man thinketh, so is he, right? And so eventually you'll begin to fall in that same system because, you you know, if you don't stop it, your subconscious is going to begin to agree with it. And I I have a, I I came across a, um, a saying by Bruce Lee, and it simply said that, you know, when you, your, your body doesn't know that you're joking, so when you call yourself names, you say, I'm stupid or I'm fat, your body doesn't know that it's a joke or you're just saying. 
right? It's listening. It's 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 you're 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 um you're you're they say it's almost like casting a spell on yourself. You're cursing yourself. And that's why God said, you know, there were there's power in our tongues of life and of death. That means we have an opportunity to speak life or death, positivity or negativity. God tells us in Philippians on on ways of thinking and how we ought to think. He tells us how we ought to act and, and the things that we need to talk about. And so it's very, very important that we follow the tools, the principles that God has given us. Amen. So when we look in Acts 17.30, it says, In the past, God overlooked ignorance, right? But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. It's like we have an answer, a solution to our problem, Jesus Christ. And, um, and yet we don't refer to him or call upon him, you know? But he said he commands everybody, everywhere to repent. I just want to take a moment. It doesn't have to be a large production, right? Some, some of you, your, your spirit man needs you to offload some of this worry, some of this guilt and regret. Just give it to the Lord so that you can have so you can be refreshed and you can be healed, right? Hallelujah. In Acts 20 and 24, he says, however I consider my life worth nothing to me, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. <laughs> I, I I only have one aim in life, and that's to do the will of God. Woo! And I'm telling you, when you make a decision to want to walk in the way and the will of God, everything will come against you. Every thought, every distraction, lack of focus, it will come against you when you have a made-up mind. It's like Satan throws all of his darts all his ammunition because he wants to stop you. He wants to keep you from even just saying yes. Yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. But we can't. I'm telling you, until you get the revelation, then speak life. Speak hope. Speak possibilities. Oh, my gosh, I think about the young children that I get to serve every day. And I think about the things that are happening around them in their homes and different trauma situations, feelings of despair and discouragement. Oh, older people, 
we got to get back. We got to get back. Like We got to get back to the village. We got to get back to our community. We've got to begin to speak life and hope in our young people. We got to let them know that they matter and that we care and that we love them. And we have to let them know that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They have to know that they have been loved with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. God's mercies are new every morning. They are new. We get to wake up with a new slate, a a clean slate. We get to not live in regret. We get to repent. We get to have times of refreshing. Oh, my gosh. He said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We get to walk in freedom and liberty. We don't have to be bound anymore, bound by pain, bound by indecision, bound by destruction. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Trust God. Serve Him. Serve Him with gladness. Give Him all that, uh, that, all, all that you have, right? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Don't have regret. Don't live in this world of regret and indecision. Don't take on the mantle of the mindset of this world. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Find where you find where you fit and stay there. Find where it may be uncomfortable, but if it's where you ought to be, God is coming for you. Don't forget that Joseph was in prison. Probably, what? Probably, you don't know people had talked about him. He was sold. He felt rejected. He felt he didn't, no one loved him. Everywhere he felt used by people. He was accused of things. And yet sitting in jail, God knew where he was. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. God knew where he was. And that, that brings such freedom. That, Lord, you know where I'm located. That even prison couldn't keep God from raising him up in his due season. In due season, we will reap a reward if we faint not. Hallelujah. So don't get weary in well-doing. You're going to reap a reward if you faint not. God says so. Hallelujah. He said so. Do you believe him today? Do you believe, hallelujah, that God has a plan for you? Hallelujah. Listen, Ecclesiastics 1.14 says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Are you walking purposefully? Are you chasing the wind? Are you lost and not sure of your direction? God says the steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't go another moment until you begin to have a conversation with God and begin to ask him, Lord, show me my steps. Show me the direction that I need to take and help me to be bold and open my mouth when I need to. I ask this even for myself, that I won't hide and shrink, that if you called me to encourage people, then God give me ways of doing it. Hallelujah. 
I pray that even in this moment, you would feel the presence of the Lord. I pray in this moment that you would feel such a sensitivity that you don't have to fight so hard, that God wants to fight your battles. He wants you to let him in the ring. I, when I was young, used to like the wrestling um, and the tag team. I never could understand why they would take such a beating and their partner was standing over in the corner. Now, oftentimes, they couldn't get to the corner. Oftentimes, their opponent, we'll call him the enemy, the devil, opponent, whoever, preventing you from getting to the one who could come and relieve you. And God is saying, I'm standing there on the side of the ring with my hand extended to you. I just need you to tag me. God is saying, tag me. Because when I come in the ring, hallelujah, you're going to win. When I come in the, in the ring, I'm going to be able to, to fix some things. I'm going to help you set up. I'm going to give you time of refreshing. I'm going to give you time to rest and to get your breath back and your energy back. I'm going to give you strategies on how to win. I need the strategies of the Lord. The days are getting evil. We see violence. We see perilous times. We see wars and rumors of wars. And we see children being harmed. We see parents being neglectful because their mind. We see the enemy sneaking in with these cell phones and iPads, television. And it's raising our children. It's causing them not to feel. It's causing them to not be respectful. And the only, we can always sit in our circles and complain and point fingers. But I'm going to ask you a question. What have you been called to do in this season that can change the trajectory of those around them, you? What have you been called to do? How have you been called to touch? First, the world in your home the community outside your home, and then the world. Whatever it is, we encourage you in it. Don't live in regret. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I just wanted to just remind you that this very day, night, could be your time. And I don't want you to miss it. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Hallelujah. God is a very present help in a time of trouble. Let your story be, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Nowhere in that sentence will you find regret. I just want to say we're out of time, but I'm your, you've been listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. And remember, greatness is on the inside of you. I'll see you next Sunday. God bless.